Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Stay tuned to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Tim. Like Tim said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. Before we start, I want to introduce the people at the table. We have who you just heard from, Tim Bowen, our technician who will be managing the board and taking your calls. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. And recording our show today to make a podcast available next week is our technician, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. No problem. And if you're used to watching us on Facebook Live, which we always start three minutes before the show, and I tell everybody about my guest and we cut up and yuck it up, then you probably noticed that today we didn't do it because son Matt can't get it working. Did you get it working, Matthew? Yes. Okay. We are now on Facebook Live. If anybody wants to watch it, hey, everybody, what's today's date? It is the anniversary of Columbine, the anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing, George Takei's birthday, Hitler's birthday, and a celebration of weed. 420. 420. (laughs) All of those things are true. Wow, he did his research today, (laughs) y'all. That's really good. Hitler's birthday and 420. Wow, I didn't know that. So, um... And George Takei. I I threw in a nice guy. uh, That's good. So, in honor of 420, we have... A really interesting guest today and I'll tell you who he is in just a second but first let me tell you about this show up in your business with Carrie McCoy it began with entrepreneurs in mind a platform for me a small business owner and a guest to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way as with all new endeavors it has had some unexpected outcomes like the show has a wide appeal to everyone not just business owners but everyone because we're all inspired by everyday people's American-made stories And another is that behind every one of my successful guests is the heart of a teacher. I didn't know that about all everybody, but it's really true. And last is that business in of itself is creative. And I am trying to resist using the word art form, but it's kind of an art form. The entrepreneur's vision begins in his mind or her mind and a dream. And each action they take is like a brush stroke on canvas, building and layering until one day they have created something that they're proud of. Today's guest, Dr. Brandon Thornton, is the co-founder and CEO of a startup, Steep Hill of Arkansas, a recently licensed cannabis science laboratory. His business canvas is completely blank, but his skill sets are far and wide. When reading about him, it appears that he has been training all of his life for this opportunity. Today, we're going to learn about Brandon, about the business of cannabis science, and about how medical marijuana in Arkansas is going to affect all of us on today's date, 420. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you may be asking yourself, what's this lady's story and why does she have a radio show? Well, Tim is here to tell you. Thank you, Carrie. Over 40 years ago, and with only $400, Carrie McCoy founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has changed and grown dramatically. From door-to-door sales, to telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales, and now Flag and Banner relies heavily on the internet, including our newest feature, live chatting. Each decade required a change in sales strategy and procedure. Her business and leadership knowledge grew with time and experience, as well as the confidence to branch out into multimedia marketing that began with our nonprofit Dreamland Ballroom, as well as our in-house publication, Brave Magazine, and this very radio show you're listening to now. 
Each week on this show, you will hear candid conversations between her and our guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting. Carrie says that many business rules like treat your employees well, know your profit margin, and have a succession plan can be applied across most industry. What I find encouraging is her example that hard work pays off. Did you know that for nine years while starting Flag and Banner, she supplemented her income with many part-time jobs? That just shows that her persistence, perseverance, and patience prevailed. Today, Flag and Banner has 10 departments, and I have 25 coworkers. It reminds us all that small businesses are the fuel of our country's economic engine and that they empower people's lives. If you would like to ask Carrie or our guest a question, or if you would like to share your experience or story, you can email questions at upyourbusiness.org. Thank you, Tim. My guest today on 420, April the 20th, is the pharmacist, Dr. Brandon Thornton, co-founder and CEO of Steep Hill of Arkansas, a laboratory for cannabis science and a medical marijuana testing lab that has been recently licensed to do business in the state of Arkansas. Dr. Thornton received his pharmacy degree in 1999 from Samford University McHorter School of Pharmacy in Birmingham, Alabama. Not long after graduation, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and became the assistant pharmacy director for Secure Pharmacy Plus, a company that manages and distributes pharmaceutical services to correctional facilities. I thought that was interesting. While living in Nashville and working for Secure Pharmacy Plus, he was offered a better position at CHD Meridian Healthcare, a publicly traded industry leader healthcare provider. This career change taught him the business side of, the, of his industry as he made budgets, managed employees, and served on committees that affected public policy in eight states. Over the next 10 years, Brandon Thornton would move up the corporate ladder in his field, building his resume in all aspects of pharmacology. Before moving to Little Rock, he spent nine years with Custom Pharmacy Solutions, where he managed their operations, learned to custom compound, test, and comply with government regulations. Today, he lives in Little Rock, Arkansas, and is a leader in the emerging market of medical marijuana. Whether you're for or against medical marijuana in Arkansas, this is an exciting subject to talk about and most likely will affect all of us in some way. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the ambitious and aptly qualified businessman and pharmacist who is licensed in seven states, Dr. Brandon Thornton of Steep Hill Industries. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, it's such a thrill to be here today. Isn't it um, fun? It's fun. I'm so glad that you guys have a sense of humor about 420 and uh, <laughs> invited me in. I um, didn't know if you'd like that or not. <laughs> I do. I do. I think it's great. Okay. Um, I got to do a few jokes. I can't help it. And then I promise I'm going to get serious about everything. But the name of the company that is your uh, parent company is Steep Hill. It was founded in 2008. And you're a subsidiary of it, but I mean, Steep Hill, you know what the synonyms for steep are? I do, yes. You've heard that before? I have heard that. And it's actually, there is a hill in Berkeley called Steep Hill. And, but, uh, and that is oh, where it was it's, founded. It's not for high hill, another word <laughs> it's, for it's, high. The synonyms not, for it, steep it y'all be. are hill, lofty, you know, right, high. Right. That makes sense, but it was actually founded, uh, you know. It's a location. It is a location. Uh, there, were, there were a couple. Uh, professors from uh, from UC Davis that uh, really were f on the forefront of, of cannabis testing and analytical testing 
um, you know, they, they saw a need. They were, Harborside was one of the first dispensaries in the country uh, in Berkeley. Who's that? That's not Steep Hill, though. Well, Steep Hill was, was founded by some of the same founders of Harborside. And, and so they had these patients. Uh, they wanted safe medication to get to these patients. And so they had to figure out how to, how to provide or how to test marijuana uh, to make sure it was pesticide-free to figure out what the dose was right. uh, to get a consistent product to patients. That's right, because you don't know whether it's going to get you real high or just a little high. That's right. And so, uh, and I mean, that's not what they're trying to do. They're like, is it going to get you really well or just a little well? So um, you sent me a resume all about your work career, but you didn't tell me anything about the man, Brandon Thornton. So I want to learn just for a second about you, because I know everybody wants to jump into this cannabis and Arkansas marijuana thing. So how did you decide to be a pharmacist? Was your dad a doctor? My dad uh, was not a doctor. He's an engineer, uh, but he, he's an amazing man, uh, learned a lot. And he actually encouraged me in, to, to go into pharmacy. Uh, Why? Well, you know, I was always interested in chemistry and biology. Uh, when I got to college, those are the classes that I really kind of gravitated to. And my dad's very pragmatic. And, uh, you know, we sat down one day and we, we sort of went through my likes and dislikes. And I uh, told him about pharmacy and he was very encouraging. But you know, he's very encouraging. Uh, he would have been very encouraged about a lot of things, uh, you know, but but that was what I liked and that was what he sort of I think that's so important me. to do things that you think you're, that you have an aptitude for and that you already like. Also, when I was reading your resume, you graduated from pharma, from your pharmacy school in 1999, but then there was a gap till about 2004. Yeah. I'm, I, I just want you to tell me you, that you struggled and floundered around like all not, the rest of us. You did not get the complete resume. I kind of gave you the abbreviated version. Um, so when I, when I graduated, uh, gosh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I had... Uh, certain hours I had to get after graduation before I could take my pharmacy boards to become completely certified as a pharmacist. And I was completely broke. I mean, like completely broke. And so I looked around the country. I found the internship to provide those hours that actually paid the most. And it was in Grand Junction, Colorado. And so I, I packed up everything I owned. I had a, a 90, no, an 86 Nissan Pathfinder. It was the one with kind of those triangle windows in the back. And uh, everything I owned fit in that. I drove out to Grand Junction, Colorado, didn't know anybody, uh, you know, found a sort of a, a cheap place to live, um, worked there for three months to get my, my intern hours. You like worked like in a pharmacy? It was. It was it was in a like retail probably. That's right. It was it was it was a retail pharmacy connected to a hospital. Uh, and it was, you know, a, a lot of great experiences. It was a new part of the country. I mean I grew up in Tennessee, had never been out of Tennessee um, for an extended period of time. So that was, you know, it was just new. Um, through that experience I, I I knew some people in Jackson Hole, Wyoming that, that ran a pharmacy and uh, talked to them about maybe coming and working for them. And, and when I finished that, I was able to take my test, become an official pharmacist, uh, move to Jackson Hole and uh, work for a company there, which you guys are going to laugh, but it was uh -oh. called it was called Stone Drug. I guess so. You know, I haven't thought about that, but you're right. Uh, you know that we sold a lot of T-shirts because it's it's kind of funny. But, um, you know, the the owner there was great. We we actually it, it was it was pretty wild. We we sold uh, guns, uh, alcohol. <laughs> And drugs only in uh, Wyoming only or maybe Wyoming. Montana. Yeah, we we uh, you know it was a, a sporting goods store. So so my day really was 
you know, filling prescriptions, counseling patients, but then I might tie some flies to sell and then sell a gun, do a background check. So <laughs> it was really interesting. Uh, the, the owner of the pharmacy was, it was a really big, uh, Harley guy. He was a biker, you know, went to Sturgis every year. Um, you know, you look at him and he looked like the meanest guy in the world, big handlebar mustache, uh, just wore a lot of leather, but the nicest guy, um, and what he would do, I was really into winter sports. I was really into snowboarding, uh, you know, still am. And uh, he would allow me to take a lot of time off in the winter, you know, maybe to go to Canada and, and kind of follow the snow. And then in the summers, uh, he would go off on his Harley and, and, you know, just camp and drive the glacier. And I'd work a couple months at a time and cover the store, you know, and we would switch off. And it was uh, just a great arrangement. Wow, that's the best story I've heard in a long time. <laughs> so you're, uh, uh, so the store sold drugs, alcohol, and gun, uh, guns and cigarettes. So and I mean, if you if if you wanted to party, <laughs> we we were the spot. It's like the ATF ac- alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. It's all together. All right. The next thing you did was uh, you 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 came back and you got a job working. Well, for there's a there's actually a couple other gaps in there. I'll I'll, I'll tell you really quickly. Okay. Um. So. I actually worked in Atlanta during the Olympics for this company that did event marketing. Uh, you know, that was, that was 96 and um, it was when I was in college and when the Olympics came up again in uh, you know, in Salt Lake 2002, they were looking for people. They called me and they said, Hey, you know, were you interested in coming to Salt Lake? I know we, we, we heard you're out that direction. And it was, it was just a lot of fun the first time around. I really wanted to do it. I love the Olympics. Um, and so, I went ahead and left, moved to Park City, Utah, and mm. worked for them for that, you know, month for the Olympics, and then stayed and and uh, managed the pharmacy in Park City, and and stayed there for probably another. So, did you have your pharmacy license? I did. Yeah, I was I was like a ski bum, but kind of official. You know, I had like a real job, but um, was. Wow. I love that. Still getting to ski a lot. So then you ended up moving to Nashville, Tennessee, and you got a job uh, selling, uh, uh, distributing, and working for the correctional services. Yeah, well, so we were a a big pharmacy that did uh, pharmacy work for prisons. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Nashville has a a few companies that are uh, sort of corporate prison companies, and we work with them to provide pharmacy services for prisoners. Just and and it was it was challenging because uh, we had to give them a short supply at a time they could only get about seven days uh, because that was just that's just the rules oh, and sure. so uh, we filled a lot of prescriptions like 40,000 plus a day because you had to do them every seven days that's right and we, yeah that yeah you couldn't give them a 30-day supplies it was every seven days yes. uh it, probably because they'd overdose or something i don't know well because they move around a lot you know oh, okay you know you might you might get put in solitary and then all of a sudden you need different prescriptions oh okay and then um and then after that you went to work for a healthcare uh provider was that an insurance company no it was it was a company that did on-site healthcare for corporations so so what we did was if you had a lot of employees in one spot um you know toyota was my biggest client they've got five or six uh factories in the united states and so if you if you actually have a lot of employees in one place it's cheaper for you to own your own pharmacy have your own formulary what? and direct your patients to just to get their prescriptions at work basically so what we would do is set up that pharmacy that's we, big we'd go there we, you know uh georgetown texas is a big facility we had a pharmacy on site and at the toyota plant at the plant it was right out in the parking lot and 
you know, people would get off their shift. They would come through and uh, pick up their prescriptions. And because of that, we were able to do a lot of great things. We could we could give away, uh, you know, diabetic supplies, and we could do things to encourage people to be healthy uh, through their pharmacy benefits. So that is so job. interesting. And then the next job you had was uh, you went to work for a compounding company. I yeah. Think. Well, you know, so that company got purchased by CVS Caremark. Oh, okay. And at mm-hmm. the time, you know, I had sort of the option of um, taking a severance or moving to um, Maryland. And so I decided I didn't want to move to Maryland, took a severance uh, and, and moved to Birmingham at that point. Uh, and that was because that's where uh, Jennifer, who's now my wife, lived. And, you know, we were dating and I kind of wanted to. You did you meet her in college? I didn't. I met her through a friend in college. Oh. Uh, one of my really good friends uh, recruited her to come to Birmingham to work at UAB. She's a physician, and uh, that's how I met her. And so you moved back. To, so, you know, love conquers all. So you moved yeah. back, and you got a job working for a compounding company. And there yes. you were actually in the laboratory. And that's pr- it seemed like you worked there on your resume longer than you worked anywhere. And I got the feeling that you really loved it because you were in the lab and you were working in compounding. And Carrie, you, you, you're very intuitive. That is very true. Uh, you know, I, I always loved that, the idea of that. And then... Once I got into compounding, just loved it. You know, got a lot of training. I uh, really loved being able to take raw materials, you know, manipulate those into tablets, capsules, trochies, ointments, gels. It was a lot of fun. And you had and and you had to do a lot of uh, compliancy with the government, probably because of that. Yes, which a really lot. got you ready for what you're about to do here in Arkansas. Yes, yes, I, I learned so much about compliance then. I'm telling you, your resume is perfect for what you're going to do here in Arkansas. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with pharmacist Dr. Brandon Thornton, co-founder and CEO of Steep Hill of Arkansas, a cannabis science laboratory recently licensed to perform testing on medical marijuana in the state. We're going to find out things like the business side of it. And then we're also going to talk about the, the user side of it on a social on a social socially and how it's going to affect us socially and in addition i got to tell everybody it's the last week i'm going to say this uh, that it's time again for arkansas flag and banners biannual publication of brave magazine if you want to receive your free copy or if you're interested in putting an ad in the magazine log on to flagandbanner.com's website and click on the tab labeled magazine to subscribe and get a copy or to advertise. We are putting the magazine to bed next week, so don't wait. And also, you can call the Flag and Banner office. Tim, do you have that number? I do. It's 501-375-7633. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. If you miss any part of the show, or if you would like to learn about Up In Your Business, go to flagandbanner.com and click Radio Show. Or subscribe through YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Or your favorite podcast app simply by searching for flagandbanner.com. Lots of listening options. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Dr. Brandon Thornton, co-founder and CEO of Steep Hill of Arkansas, a cannabis science and testing laboratory for the emerging market of medical marijuana in Arkansas. The reason we're talking to him is because today is... It's 420. <laughs> Before the break, we went over Brandon's credentials. And I'm just going to recap really quick. Early on, he counted and dispensed drugs to correctional facilities. That's kind of retail. You uh, were a director of operations and worked on the business side of pharmacology at your next job. You worked, I thought, was what was considered a healthcare side of the insurance, uh, healthcare insurance side of it, but it was actually, again, director of operations. You worked in a pharmacy that was a mail order business and and shipped uh, 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 everywhere. everywhere everywhere I mean everywhere talk about sending drugs over state lines that's got to be a logistic nightmare and your longest stint was at custom compounding for a drug company where you managed a laboratory and its staff and you introduced new progress uh, products and you had rigid rigid compliance issues this seems like the perfect prerequisite for the new ceo position you have at steep hill and i want to read what steep hill says because about itself online and then we'll jump into the to, to the business of of, of uh, medical marijuana steep hill says we are a network of licensed laboratories with extensive expertise in analytical testing, remote testing, cannabis genetics, and research with our strategic partners around the globe. Steep Hill's foundation was built on testing and analyzing cannabis to ensure compliance with public safety standards. In 2008, Steep Hill opened the first commercial cannabis lab in the United States and was successfully and has successfully completed over 100,000 analytical cannabis tests. With the goal of helping the rest of the world adopt best practices, the company also provides expert consulting service to le- services to legislatures and regulators in many countries, states, and municipalities around the world. I want to say that medical marijuana is twofold. There is the business side of it, medical marijuana in Arkansas, and then there is the user side of medical marijuana and what it does and what it can do and help people. And let's talk first about the consumers okay, uh, and the societal changes that will happen, and then we'll go into the business opportunities after that. So tell us what you, what's, what's good about it for the consumers, what you like and what you think it's going to be able to do. Gosh, well, you know, the thing about cannabis is it's been used for thousands of years of, as medicine. Uh, you know, it, it really predates uh, us. It predates, you know, the FDA and kind of how we get drugs uh, today to patients. Uh, you know, and if, if you think about it, the traditional FDA model is, uh, you know, maybe there is a plant somewhere in, in the world, we'll just say somewhere in the, the Himalayas where, you know that uh, when people take it, maybe they don't have a tremor anymore. And so scientists might take that plant and, and synthesize that down and look at all the components and they will find maybe the component that will work for tremors. Um, and then it goes through preclinical trials and then the FDA gets involved and then uh, there's more trials. And then if they're lucky, if it's safe, you know, it will be approved and, and it's going to go to customers. Uh, you know, with cannabis, really what happened was is we had thousands of years of stories like, you know, hey, this works, Uh, people are using this for for these conditions, Uh, you know, but then prohibition happened, uh, you know, back, 
um, you know, 30s and the 40s. And so we didn't really, we couldn't continue along that path to where. It was legal before that, right? It was. You know, it was actually in the, the U.S. Uh, pharmacopoeia, um, you know, companies like Lilly and Wyeth, companies that you've heard of today that manufacture medications, manufactured cannabis. They, they sold that. They marketed that. Aren't all, is it all medicine plant-based? Uh, no, it's not, but a lot of it is, uh, you know, there are a lot of synthetic compounds, uh, that it's not plant-based, you know, a good example of that is Marinol, uh, which is synthetic THC, you what? know, <laughs> so, uh, there, there is a synthetic THC product that's on the market that's called Marinol, um, and it is, it's used for, it has, it has an indication. And so that's uh, legal? That's legal. That's legal. Oh, I see. You know, if you're a physician, you can write that right for that medication right now. It doesn't ha- have a, 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 I guess a, uh, it's not written for a lot because it's not tolerated well. Um, patients don't really like it. And, and I think part of that is, is there's a concept uh, that's called the, the entourage effect, which, which really means that the plan itself and all the components sort of come together to produce a medicinal effect. And if you really take any of those parts out by themselves, they don't really work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you end up with all those side effects. That's right. That's right. So what is medical marijuana going to cure besides help with glaucoma? Well, you know, it's we've got 18 indications here. In, uh, we've got what? 18 different conditions or indications that physicians can certify patients for here in Arkansas. Can you remember them all? No. So glaucoma? They're on, but if you go to uh, healthy.arkansas.gov, there are... A list the list the conditions and also how to get a how to get a card if you're a patient out there you want a card can you get one today you can you can get a card today and in, in fact i would encourage people to do that uh because you know even though there, there are some issues uh legally and the program is getting held up um you know right now the the number one the, the board of health has time to go through and and you know get that process done if there's not a rush like there will be later on oh i see what you mean so go ahead and get your card now yeah, and maybe it'll it'll help pressure regulators a little bit if they see you know there's fifty thousand Arkansans that need this um, and we're still waiting. But you said they can get the card and they can go ahead and they can't use the card though. No, and in fact the they can apply for the card and they can get approved for the card. But they can't uh, buy anything. There's nothing to buy. They can't buy anything. The Board of Health is actually not going to issue cards until thirty days before a product is ready to be sold. So it helps with upset stomachs. Right? Marijuana, THC helps with upset stomachs. Well, it, it could. I mean, okay, so here, let me make one more point okay. about, about these conditions is that one of the biggest problems with, with cannabis is a lack of, of good research like we have with other medications because of what we talked about earlier with prohibition. Um, you know, right now there are studies that, that happen, um, but the studies aren't great uh, for a few reasons. Uh, one is all the marijuana that that is used for studies in, in the United States comes from, from Old Miss, from the University of Mississippi. They actually grow marijuana there uh, for studies, specifically for studies. Uh, and, you know, the marijuana no they grow there. No wonder everybody wants to go to Old Miss. <laughs> <laughs> the marijuana they grow there is is known to be completely substandard. Uh, you know, if you, yeah. if you test it, it comes in at about 8% THC. You know, if you if we all packed up and, and drove to Colorado and went to dispenser, we could find, uh, you know, twenty five percent THC cannabis. Um, 
we don't. We also don't know what else is in that marijuana from Ole Miss. We are they not testing like the, crazy out in California? I mean, uh, Colorado. They are testing, but we, but you can't use that. Well, so we're talking about uh, test for um, you know medical conditions, clinical trials. Uh, those tests they are not allowed to use the, the good stuff. They're they're stuck with the Ole Miss. So Colorado doesn't have permission from anybody to grow and test for medical reasons in Colorado. No, they do. They do that. But really what I'm getting at is, you know, your question on would it be good for upset stomach? Well, to know that, we really need a good study, a clinical trial from a major university. Oh, it has to to be from a university pretty much. Well, you know, it has to be a double-blinded clinical trial that we could present to a physician present to someone in the medical community and say these are the reasons why this is this works and all those clinical trials pretty much have to be done in an academic environment it seems like yeah you know and and a lot of those are 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 sponsored uh you know either Mm -hmm. through the state or through drug companies Uh, yeah yeah through lily or something and and we just don't have that with cannabis and so that's what is really hard is we have a lot of anecdotal evidence about what works and what doesn't but we don't have this hard evidence that we would have if if why don't they get better pot out there in, in Ole Miss well, that I can't answer. Oh. Maybe they just they have bad genetics. That the way they grow isn't great. Uh, you know, if you look at, at California, mm. uh, some of these cutting edge facilities. I mean, the science that goes into uh, growing marijuana is amazing. I mean, they they've got you know geneticists that that are coming up with with seeds that are very resistant. When to... When you start your lab, are you going to get to do that? Well, are so you going to get funding to find out some of these medical. Or are you just going to test it to see the level of THC so people know whether to put it on the shelf that makes you laugh or the shelf that makes you go to sleep? <laughs> so a couple of things. Um, you know, one thing I'm doing now is uh, partnering with some people to do, to do a cannabis journal club. And we've, we've met once. We met a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, and, and it's really just a group of scientific individuals, medical professionals that can look at studies objectively and, uh, you know, and find out, hey, you know, maybe marijuana has a place with upset stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through that, we hope to do a couple things. One, you know, potentially find ways to do studies through local universities. We, we've got a great group at University of Arkansas Little Rock that, that just do amazing work with drugs. Uh, really? and, and some of those people are, are coming and, and participating in, the, in our journal club. Uh, you know, and the other focus of the Journal Club is to maybe find conditions that we can go to the state board and petition to get them added as conditions, you know, because really that's what we want is is what works. I mean, with, with cannabis, there, there are, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. There's a lot of um, myth. I mean, we, what we want to do is figure out exactly mm-hmm. through hard science, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what works and in and, and what doses and how we can get the best result for patients. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- there's got to be some statistics on whether it's good or bad societal, like crime. Does it reduce crime? Does it reduce the amount of people in jail if they legalize marijuana like this? I mean, there's statistics about how it's going to affect uh, Arkansas socially. Well, you know, there are. You can look at other states. And, um, and the, the thing about uh, statistics um, is that and studies is that it's, it's really hard to find one that's really unbiased and, and kind of comes from a place where uh, they're just looking at facts. And, you know, with Colorado, if you really look into it, there's studies that say that it, it's, it's horrible and it's caused homelessness and it's caused a lot of teenage addiction and it's caused uh, traffic accidents. And, you know, 
and really when you look at the the actual data and the numbers um it's, it's just not true i mean really for colorado what it's caused is just a lot of tax revenue for the state a lot of um new businesses and, and entrepreneurship and uh you know there, there's not a lot of people that are complaining there uh you know so and i think it'll be the same with arkansas i mean you really when you when you sort of dry up the the black market a lot of the the negatives go away mm-hmm. um i think about that about crime reduction if that would really reduce our crime re- really reduce the amount of people in jail i think about um health care improvements if people could really get clean clinical thc to use uh i know that you're excited about it because you're a you're a lab rat, but uh, what are you really what are you really wanting out of it for yourself or your new business? Gosh, you know we we really just I know um, you want money. We are our, don't you know, pretend like you don't want money. We're definitely entrepreneurs. And we yeah. want we want to do well, and and for us, I mean, what would be great is that um, you know here in Arkansas we can we can we can start, and and really Arkansas has a unique opportunity here because we are the first state here in the south to 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 actually have a workable medical program you know a few other states have programs but here in arkansas we can have what's a workable medical program well a workable medical program to me has the right qualifying conditions which i believe we have uh it has a it doesn't have restrictions on the type of products that can be sold you know here we're gonna we're gonna have flour on the shelf we're gonna have oils waxes What's tinctures uh, a bud oh so you're gonna have buds on the shelf you're gonna have you think uams is gonna be want to get involved in this i mean we've got a UAS. you know they, they've been involved in some some studies and research so far and i think that's probably what, what their involvement will be um so what do you say to people who say i don't want this in arkansas well i mean you know i, I would figure out why you know i would ask them what are your reservations what do you and think the reservations are they're just afraid everybody's gonna be well the- you know i i think a lot of people are, are just like me and they grew up in the age of um nancy reagan and uh prohibition and you know just say no and you know for me it it took i, I was a skeptic i mean the the way that i kind of came to accept marijuana as medicine is um i i along with uh you know we talked about resume also did an internship with the fda before any of that and part of my job was to work with medwatch which is uh an adverse event reporting group you know we would look at at drugs that would would have adverse events example uh viagra was my first drug there were a lot of people having heart attacks when they combined viagra with nitrates you know now that's Mm -hmm. a known thing and people watch out for that um, but through that, I, I read a lot of studies about cannabis and going into that job or that internship, I, I was a real skeptic. I would see people and or hear people and they would say, hey, you know, I, I use this for sleep or anxiety or whatever. And I thought they were crazy or they were really just using that as an excuse to get high. Mm-hmm. Um, after doing some research, um, I thought maybe there's something to this. I, I would see studies and you know, and then the more research I did, I completely changed my mind. And, and that's how I would, I would really approach, uh, you know, I, I know everybody's not like me, but I think if you look at it from a, just a pragmatic place and, uh, you know, without really these preconceived notions about what you've heard, uh, but, you know, look at actual results, uh, you, you'll, you'll come around, you know, and then when you start talking about tax money and, 
you start talking about just just what it does for a community. Then I think people are afraid of it being a gateway drug. That's what I, it's I agree. And you know, and there's 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 studies out there that sh- that show that that's just not true. I really? Mean, yeah, it's just not true. If anything is a gateway drug, in my opinion, it's alcohol. Well, that's true. I can't deny that one either. I'm skeptic a little bit, but I'm also excited at the same time because it is it, it can really help a lot of people and takes it takes the criminal element out of trying to find medicine that works for you that's got a natural ability. That's right. You know, you. And, and, and to me, it comes down to um, it, it's very safe. Uh, you know, there, there's is never it? been a single person to overdose on marijuana. Ever. Ever. Uh, so you smoke it or do you eat it? Well, you could you could do either. I mean, you can. You Does smoking hurt your lungs? It does. It does. So you should eat it. Does it hurt your stomach? Uh, does not hurt your stomach. You you can vaporize it. Uh, that's and that is that's sort of like smoking, but you're not. There's there's no combustion, so there's you're not. Is it those smoking. vapes? Those cigarette vapes? Is that like you put in your vape? Yeah, oh. it could be that. It's okay. Oil. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back. We'll continue our conversation with pharmacist Dr. Brandon Thornton, co-founder and CEO of Steep Hill of Arkansas, a cannabis science laboratory recently licensed to perform testing of medical marijuana in the state of Arkansas. And it's uh, time again for Arkansas Flag and Banner's biannual publication of Brave Magazine. If you want to receive your free copy or if you're interested in putting an ad in the magazine, log on to flagandbanner.com's website and click on the tab labeled magazine to subscribe or advertise. We are putting the magazine to bed next week, so don't wait. Or you can call Flag and Banner's office, and the number is 501-375-7633. When we come back, we're going to talk about the business of marijuana. Everybody wants to get in on it. We're going to talk about the realities of that. We're also going to be taking calls for our good doctor on KABF 88.3 FM, the voice of the people. Right after this break, Tim will give you the number, so get your questions ready. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of the show, or if you'd like to learn more about Up In Your Business, go to flagandbanner.com and click on Radio Show, or subscribe through YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Your favorite podcast app can be found just by searching flagandbanner.com. Lots of listening options. We'll be right back with the phone number for calling in. Arkansas Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. McCoy began this broadcast a year and a half ago with the intention of offering a mentoring platform for those with an entrepreneurial spirit. Through candid conversation and interesting interviews with business and community-minded Arkansans, Listeners gain insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Carrie McCoy, founder and president of Arkansas Flag and Banner, believes in paying knowledge and experience forward and developed this radio show as a means of doing so. The biographies, life experiences, and wisdom of her guests would likely go unheard if not for this venue. Rarely do people open up for an hour to an audience about their life, mistakes, triumphs, and pitfalls. This unique radio show allows the listener intimate access into the stories of prominent leaders in our state. I am Adrian McNally, manager of the Arkansas Flag and Banner Showroom and Gift Shop, located on the first floor of the historic Taborian Hall on the corner of 9th and State Streets in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. In business for 43 years, We offer an old-school shopping experience with front door parking, clerks to help you, and department store variety. Open to the public Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30, and Saturday, 10 to 4. All right, we're back. 
Uh, you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Brandon Thornton. Somebody called in, wanted to know again what the name what the name of the gentleman is I'm talking to. His name is Brandon Thornton, T-H-O-R-T-O-N. He's the co-founder and CEO of Steep, S-T-E-E-P, Steep Hill of Arkansas. Do you have a website? We do. It's uh, steephill.com. There you go. Um, and they're a cannabis science and testing laboratory, and they're going to be part of the emerging market for medical marijuana in Arkansas. So if you, we're going to talk about the business of, um, of, of medical marijuana in Arkansas in a minute. And if you've got questions or think you might have a questions, write this number down. The number is 501-433-0088. Say that again, Tim. 501-433-0088. So you can call in and ask Brandon anything. And if you're shy, you can send an email. Uh, Adrian, will you help me watch my email? Because sometimes I forget to look over there. Uh, you can send an email too. The email is questions at upyourbusiness.org. That's questions with an S. Uh, at the beginning of the show, we talked about your extensive work history and your credentials. And I have to say my confidence in this new emerging cannabis market has grown considerably. After reading about you and your parent company, Steep Hill Industries, I'm happy to say I'm no longer nervous. And that we and we talked about what medical marijuana means to consumers and the people of Arkansas and how it might affect their lives. And now I'd like to talk about the business opportunities and just to list some of the opportunities. There are, people always think of retailers, but there's the growers, and we're an agricultural state. There's the harvesters, which might be a different group of people. There's transportation of moving the cannabis around. There's testing. That's what you're going to do. And then there's packaging, uh, there's retail, and then there's taxation. Um, what do you think this all means for Arkansas's uh, economy? Well, I think it means a lot, and there's also a lot of other things that that are ancillary, you know, to What's that. that mean? Just just uh, plumbers and electricians and IT people and accountants and attorneys. You know, right now attorneys are probably uh, writing Christmas cards uh, for Judge <laughs> Griffin. Uh, on you know our our latest ruling and our hold up with the process but yeah what does that mean what what happened what's the process what are you talking about well you know right now there there are some legal challenges to the uh the medical marijuana commission and their their scoring results and so we're we're sort of held up um you know we can't really move forward until those are complete so you they've approved it that we can start selling marijuana. The, the, the people voted for it. People voted for it. Uh, it we it, people sub, uh, a bunch of companies um, uh, submitted their business plans. Yes. How many did? I don't even know. Well, there were there were ninety five cultivation applications, and the cultivators are who have been scored so far. And how many were awarded? Five. And you were one of them. No. What? So so that is. What the cultivators are are the people that are actually growing the product. Oh, I see. Yeah, they're growing the product. So have they done have they have they done any labs or testing labs? Have they approved it for any of that yet? They have not. They have not. So you haven't labs. even come up to bat yet. So not to yet. Speak. Not yet. And so the the harvesters, they approved five out of the ninety, but now it's held up in court because of why. Well, you know, some of the people that did not get selected just took exception to the process, and you know, it was in within their rights to challenge that and challenge the results, and that's what they've done. And so we're just really wading through that process. Who's going to make the decision? How long do we? Is it going to a jury? Is it just a judge going to do it? Well, you know, right now, um, it, it is. It's in a Pulaski County court, um, 
a judge has made a decision, it's probably going to go to the Supreme Court. The state has appealed that decision. So, um, you know, I, I think that will come probably later on this summer. Oh, that soon. Yeah. And then when do you get to go? When do they start talking about labs? Well, you know, the, the rules for the labs are out there. And uh, we know what we have to do. The main thing for us is we've got to get accredited um, by an organization called ISO. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough. It's a big job. Um, luckily, you know, through our partnership with Steep Hill, they, they've gotten many labs ISO accredited. And so they, they know the process. We feel really good about that. How many companies are there like Steep Hill in the United States? You know, I'd say there's nobody like Steep Hill. I mean, because of the, um, you know, we're the largest network of labs in the country. We we also have some international uh, facilities, and, and we're really growing right now in Canada and Europe. You know, Canada is kind of ground zero for, for cannabis growth right now. Um, you know, it's completely legal up there, and you can actually be a publicly traded company and work in cannabis. So it's really exploding. Um, there are other labs, but nobody that, that kind of has a nationwide footprint. Well, if, can, if Canada's doing it, we ought to be able to get a lot of statistics on how it affects society and how it affects business and how it affects the tax There's base. There's a lot of happy Canadians today. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know they're happy. Um, uh, uh, so harvesters are in, transportation, testing, packaging, retail. We can't even talk about any of that. Or do we even know how they're going to do the tax base? Well, yeah, there's there's some some tax information in the amendment. Um, mm-hmm. It's not all set out yet. You know, the, there is a medical marijuana commission that meets and sort of decides exactly what they want to do. So it's not legal in the federal government, is it? It is not. How come it people aren't going to jail, federal pr- prisons? Well, you know, mainly because uh, under the, the previous administration, uh, there there was a a few legal memos that w- that were put forward that basically said leave leave the states alone you know if if a state wants to have a medical program or a or an adult use program then then let them do that we are not going to use federal resources to go after um you know these cannabis states and you know and really i think they just see it as a a low priority federally uh because they've got actual you know criminals and Mm -hmm. um you know, people that, need that, to be, that they need to be focusing yeah, on. The yeah. barrier of entry into this new emerging market seems daunting to me. I mean, where do you, if I, I, where do you even get started? Well, I tell you what, it's it nothing's easy. Um, you know, you you're going to have challenges along the way. Uh, I think that there there is a lot of opportunity, um, but I do think that you know, in a state like Arkansas, you know you're either really limited on um, the, the amount of licenses that are out there, you know? So if you were one of those 95 cultivators that applied, um, you know, you spent months and months putting together an application. You probably had a couple consultants that helped you with that. Uh, you know, you, you found a facility, you did a survey, uh, you, you put your heart and soul into mm-hmm. a 1500 page document, you know, you submit it and you, you hope for the best. Um, you know, that you part be, of it, you got to partner up with somebody with deep pockets, probably. Well, you, you do. You got to have not only financial resources, but also you've got to have you know the knowledge, the know-how. If you look at how the commission scored, they really put a lot of credit towards operations. You know, how do you, can you run a facility like if, you have? That's why Steep Hill likes working with you because you have great credentials for being able to execute and do a startup in this industry. Well, I, I hope so. What do you think? What do you think the future for? cannabis is in America as a whole. Do you think it's going to be in every state eventually? I do. You know, I, I think that 
people have seen the, these other states uh, wh- that have legalized and um, just just how they're doing financially and also it's like gambling. Everybody's gonna you know nobody wanted gambling in your in your state and then all of a sudden people started putting casinos everywhere. Yeah, I, I could see that, but but this you know th- this is something that can can truly help patients. And I think that the difference is is when you know you, you know right now we have five thousand patients that have applied in Arkansas, you know, and, and each, each one of those 5,000 patients, once we have legal cannabis, when they start treating them, treating themselves with that, you know, they're going to have a story and they're going to tell their neighbor and then their neighbor, you know, now maybe their neighbor knows somebody personally who's it's affected and it's going to change hearts and minds. I, I just think that it, it's going to take time, but you know, you go to other States, uh, where it is legal and, and it's really, it, it's not really, a thought anymore. I mean, people would just you part really of their do life. believe in the medical side of this. One hundred percent. You really do. You think it's going to help? I would patients. not be doing this because uh, it's not easy. I would not be doing this. If, you if believe I wasn't a in the power of of, of THC of to heal plant. people of the plant. You believe in the plant. Preach, sister. Preach, sister. And you love and you love the idea of being on the cutting edge of learning about it and being a researcher that gets to write a book and be. It's it's a lot of fun, you know, and and really just in Arkansas there are great people that are involved in this industry I tell you the only thing I don't like about it is okay. when I'm in Colorado and I drive down the road I can smell that skunk smell driving down the freeway and I don't like that smell how are you going to do that we're going to grow it and these these are being grown indoors I think so I, I think will, they're I will get you an air freshener one of those little trees <laughs> You're going to have to get a big one. I mean, really, you drive down Colorado. Anybody that's gone to Colorado, you can drive down the freeway and you just go through pockets of the you, smell. You're right. You're right. But, you know, here the in Arkansas, um, the the cultivators, the, the, the original five that, that got licenses before there were legal challenges, you know, they're, they're not down the street. I mean, these people are in rural well, what areas. What if you're in rural Arkansas and they're a neighbor and you're downwind from the guy who puts in a marijuana farm? I mean, you just ruined your outdoor living experience. Well, I, I think and that actually happened to a friend of mine in California. Yeah, I could they see that happening. They in, had a uh, wine. Uh, they had a vineyard. Yeah. And some people put a pot farm up, and they had to sell it because they couldn't stand to go outside. I could see that happen in other states. Um, here, you know, it's so tightly regulated. You know, you've got to be so far away from, you know, churches and schools, and I can't imagine anybody putting a facility, you know, where it would be a problem. And, you know, when you live in the country, you never know what your crazy neighbors are going to do. And, you know, and you've probably got other things out there like, you know, cows or a chicken house that might smell worse. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to be downwind from the... If they put them in Pine Bluff, it might make it smell better. Or West Memphis. Some of those towns have paper mills. Hey. So they already smell terrible. People from Pine Bluff, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm not saying that there's bad people. I'm saying there's a paper mill there. We love you, Pine Bluff. That's right. Um... All right. What's the biggest myth out there about medical marijuana? There's got to be one. The biggest myth. Um, I, I think that it's it's that it's toxic. I think people put it in the same category as heroin or fentanyl or meth or, or something that can actually kill you. Um, you know, there's a there is a medical term called LD50, and it means lethal dose for 50 percent of of the population. You know, so if you had 100 people, what amount of something could you give them? where half uh, would, would be toxic. Um, you know, for alcohol, that number is, is pretty small. It's equivalent of, of 0.4% uh, blood alcohol content. 
And for tobacco, it's 50 milligrams for nicotine. So if you ingested 50 nic- milligrams of nicotine, it would it would kill 50% of the population. Dead gum. For marijuana, it's 50 pounds. Oh, that's a lot. So you, it, you it's, can't ingest it's that. It's physically You've impossible. You've got a phone call. You want to grab that phone call? Hello, caller. You're listening to Up in Your Business with Brandon Thornton. Have you got a question for my guest? Yeah, what was <clears throat> Brandon, what's the name of your company again? It's uh, Steep Hill, Arkansas. Oh, okay. Okay. thought it might be that Acreage Holdings, the one John Boehner's on now, the uh, advisory board. Yeah, that was some interesting news to see. Yeah, it was. Kind of changed his mind on, on cannabis and actually getting into the business. What are y'all talking about? Uh, John Boehner, uh, you know, who used to be the... Ex-Speaker uh, of the House. He yeah. took a job... Uh, he used to have a position against medical marijuana. <laughs> now he's uh, on an advisory board of Acreage Holdings, a um, company that's going to either uh, do lab work or something. I don't know. You know, they, I think they, they're more of a full-service company. They have uh, grows, they do consulting, okay. uh, pretty much do everything. Well, you know, I think it's ironic that the only reason marijuana is illegal is because of the Drug Classification Act of 1970 which uh, the FDA only has to classify a drug, you know, to make it a felony. They, they classified marijuana along with uh, cocaine and heroin as a class one narcotic, which, which makes it Ill, a felony, you know. And it also uh, is saying that there's no medical use. Uh, you can't use it for medical purposes either. Yeah, sir, you're absolutely correct, um, and you know I appreciate your call because you're, you're right, and that's a good point. Well, I mean, hey, I, I think it's ironic, you know. I, I think it has medicinal purposes, and it's strange that all these states have made it legal now for medical reasons, and it has uh, definitely proved itself to, to have medical benefits. That's right. And that's crazy, you know. I mean, I mean we, you, and I have never voted to make this product illegal oh, oh that's right you're right then you mean the legislature did it all the- yeah oh, well, they, they empowered the fda to do it there you go and the fda whoever that mysterious body of people are made it classified it a uh, class a narcotic yeah you didn't vote on it you didn't vote on it but we did vote to make it legal that's interesting it is interesting uh, listen thanks for calling in that's really good i appreciate that call very much thanks caller I never really thought about that before. And, you know, I don't know if y'all have ever watched AETN, PBS, my favorite station on the whole planet, but they did a documentary documentary on marijuana and why it became legal, uh, why it became illegal. And it, have you ever watched it? I Look, have, Brandon, yeah. you're, sh- you're <clears throat> nodding yeah. your head. It's radio. You can't nod your head. He, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it says it became, everybody was smoking it and it was fine until um i believe it was the depression that they wanted to get rid of the hispan the the uh the hispanics from mexico because they thought they were taking their jobs during the depression and so they came out and couldn't figure out how to deport them and so they came out and made marijuana illegal so that they could arrest them and send them back did i get that right well yeah you're on the right track it was harry angsinger angsinger and uh he was from the fbi i believe and you know, and they really needed something to sort of demonize a population of people, and they and they use marijuana to do it to demonize Hispanics so mm-hmm. that they could deport them and people could get their jobs back. Oh my gosh, this last caller, this is going to be the quickest call in the world, and then we got to go. 
Hello, caller. You're on the air. You're on the air. Up in your business. You have a call. You have a question for Brandon. I do. I've been in healthcare for about 25 years. I started out as a trauma nurse, and we had rather see someone come in high on marijuana than drinking alcohol because those demeanors were so much more pleasant. So I'm all for it. But I do have a question. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, Joint Commission, CMS, other regulatory entities made a push for pain to be the fifth vital sign. And so we encouraged people to um, take opioids and you know, all these narcotics and different things. With this being relatively new, with your research, where do you see us in 10 years? Are we just creating another monster that will have to come back and regulate heavier like we do narcotics now? or? Do you not see a risk in that? Well, I don't, you know, mainly because it works in a different way. You know, how, how opiates work on your central nervous system and, and they work in ways that can kill you. Um, they can depress your, depress your respiratory system um, and, and particularly combined with alcohol and, you know, benzos and other drugs um, are, are very dangerous and addictive. You know, marijuana just doesn't have those properties. It's, it's very safe in comparison. Um, you know, and I, I really even hate to compare the two. And, you know, in, in fact, studies have shown that opiate use and doses have been reduced in, in people that also are using cannabis, um, meaning that you need less. And there's also some evidence that cannabis can help people um, you know, with their treatment, um, particularly with the symptoms of um, withdrawal, and actually break that cycle and, and quit taking those all together. Wow, that's interesting. Thanks, caller. I appreciate that. Brandon, I have enjoyed this so much on 420 today. I've, I've, this has been awesome. The highlight of my week. Oh, thanks. Listen, we have a gift for you. I thought you were from Alabama, so you, I may have to trade this in. I've given you a desk set with a U.S. flag, an Arkansas flag, because you're here now, and an Alabama flag, because that's where you went to college. I did. But Thank you, you said so you were much. born this in Tennessee. We should have gotten him in Tennessee. Chattanooga is pretty close to Alabama. It's right on the border. Well, that's good. You need that in your new cannabis office, your new laboratory. You put that up in your laboratory. That'll be nice. Thank you so much. Hey, Tim, who's our guest next week? Next week is going to be Representative Warwick Saban. I love Warwick Saban. I've known him for a long time. In fact, I even went to his wedding. And he's running for mayor against a guest of the show, the current mayor. Mark, Mark Stodola. Mark Stodola, who we had as a guest. You know, and I love Mark Stodola. I hate that when my friends run against each other. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to vote. I'm just going to stay home that day, and I'm not going to pick sides. Uh, if you've got a great aunt, oh, you know what else about work saving? He uh, he worked for Oxford American Magazine. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. He did a good job on that, too. So we'll talk about that. He helped turn that magazine around. If you've got a great entrepreneurial story you would like to share, I would love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions, with an S, at upyourbusiness.org. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program's been about you, you're right. And it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. <laughs>been listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy a production of flag and banner.com 
If you'd like to hear this program again, next week a podcast will be made available online with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal? To help you live the American dream.